0: Welcome to another episode of the Broom Boys. Uh, we're Buddy and Guy. I'm Guy. I'm Buddy. And let's just kind of get into this news stuff because uh, the news has some like a really interesting component to it, but we'll we'll save that. We'll get get through the quick stuff. Um comic books. Comic books. Love me comic books. Right. Marvel Marvel pulled a Marvel. Um, let's just say that. The Darth Vader 2. Padme's back. Bum bum bum. It's
1: like the a pad the pa- the padme, like the actual one is was it confirmed? I I was on vacation for the past few days and I haven't had a chance to read anything. <coughs> Excuse me. Is it the Padme or is it is there gonna be some twist a la Captain America being a hydra agent kinda kinda twist?
0: You know, I'm feeling like it's. I don't know. I'm feeling like it. We're probably going to see what uh, whether whether or not they decide at one point or another to retcon things some more. And uh, she becomes a clone of of uh, Queen Amidala or Senator or whatever you want to call her. Um, oh, oh! Or I'm going to call just it a
1: lookalike. I'm going to call it right now. You you just you just spoiled it. Yeah, it's one of the lookalikes. It's one of her bodyguard lookalikes from that we saw on Phantom Menace. That's what it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it is. I, I don't really think it's her, but it, how Marvel is is it to bring her back? Um, well, the but, only
1: character that's died that's never been brought back by Marvel is Uncle Ben. So, I mean, yeah, kind of <laughs> what they do.
0: You got a good point there, so... Sorry. Well, you Sorry, can't Pete. but
1: you can't but you can't bring back Uncle Ben because if you bring back Uncle Ben and leave him alive, oh. then that negates great power, great responsibility and then you have no Spider-Man. So
0: Right, it's true. And I think actually they did do a run where they quote unquote brought him back, but it ended up being either I mean, they've brought him back a couple times, but it was never really Uncle Ben. It was always a plant by one of his enemies. Um, well,
1: sure, yeah. I and mean, we of course have seen multiple Uncle Bens in live action in the movies. Right. Um, you know. So
0: it's just a Marvel thing. Um, so that being a Marvel thing, let's also talk about Rise of Skywalker thing where they took something from the old EU and they translated poorly into the new canon. It's like they they look back and, uh, what, 30 years ago, Dark Horse did a comic book that pretty much mirrors, in a lot of ways, uh, story components of the Rise of Skywalker, which is... Not a bad thing, right? I mean, except... No,
1: not at at all, except um, the comic book in question, um, which I actually own, and I I read that comic, not when it first came out. Um, I think I was about five years late to reading it, but yeah, not too long after it came out, yeah. Um, Handled it much better, that's to be certain. Um, It's all in execution, Yes, it is definitely all in execution. And of course, you know, there is something to be said that in a long form graphic novel style uh, comic book setting, it is probably easier to pull off uh, nuanced storytelling than it is maybe, say, in movies. Um, of course, if you don't know, the comics we're referencing is what's known as the Dark Empire series. Um, now, of course, Legends. But it basically involved, you know, Palpatine being on a planet. I believe it was called Bast in the galactic core, and he built a new fleet of, you know, newer, more advanced warships, uh, each with its own Death Star laser on it. I might point out. But it just and, destroyed
0: the surface, not the whole planet.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, it couldn't. It couldn't take out a whole planet, but it could definitely fuck it up. Um. But yeah, so he had been cloning himself. He had a bunch of clones, a bunch of reserved bodies, and he'd been transferring his spirit from body to body. The problem was that his he's so, he's so powerful in the dark side that the dark side literally just is eating clones. Um, and Luke kind of pretends to join him, fall to the dark side, to defeat the dark side from within, um, when he decides to turn on the Emperor, he destroys all but one of the cloning vats. And then a young Palpatine, uh, or I'm sorry, he then kills old Palpatine, starts destroying the cloning vats. But the, 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 his Palpatine spirit transfers into the final clone before it can totally be destroyed. And it's a young Palpatine who just kicks Luke's ass and, but then at that point, he's like, well, I need a new body. And so he wants, um, he wants Anakin Solo's body because Leia is now pregnant with the third child. Um, and so, yeah, that's how that story went down. But it's great and it's handled very, very well. It's drawn wonderfully, it's written wonderfully. Um, so, yeah, that was their, their inspiration. It just didn't translate over to the movie very well at all well and then well that brings us to the
0: next bit of news and actually well, next transition
1: well I mean but hey let's uh, we might as well mm-hmm. while we were just talking about the movie it might it's worth pointing out that we are a week away from the digital release uh, it is it is uh, Sunday the 8th so 10 days 9 days 10 days however you want to count it uh, the 17th nine days we will be getting uh rise of skywalker on digital release so uh yeah we saint will definitely
0: Patrick's Day on the 17th right
1: is it and... saint patty's day yeah. i i don't i don't pay attention to to them kind of holidays i'll anymore. toast that yeah them them are for the young them Fuck are for the young ass. <laughs> All that's right. boondock saints reference folks <laughs> if you don't know that movie press pause go watch boondock saints come back and thank us in in the comments <laughs> or on twitter Seriously. at broom underscore underscore boys at broom underscore boys is our twitter account um, uh we'd yeah. love to hear from
0: you yeah if you go uh, watch boondocks
1: see. go and tweet yeah. us about it
0: <laughs> great movie i a third one's coming out i heard
1: Yes, they are going to do a third one. Uh, no, no word on the cast, but I'm sure all of the originals, um, except for the ones who have spoiler alert died. But that didn't even stop them. Even the dead ones came back in the second one. So,
0: one way or another. So in one yeah, way or another, yeah. God, I love those movies. Um. So, but back to Star Wars. Uh, yeah. So the movie is coming out. Still no word on the director's cut, but I think. We know why, Um, which brings us back around to this next bit of news, and that is the ultimate fairing of the novel that is coming out, the companion companion novel to the movie, um, Rise of Skywalker. And it is really, it's fucking with things, I think. I mean, that's what you've heard, right?
1: It seems to be a bit of a mess. Uh, It's not being well received by fans. I mean, the book is even going so far to retcon some of the things that have happened in previous movies, like examples I've been given or examples I've heard are, you know, at the end of Return of the Jedi, when Palpatine was tempting Luke to strike him down, it was so he could possess, his spirit could possess Luke's body or live on in Luke's body. Um, That's a retcon. Listen
0: to our earlier shows we talk about that kind of thing and how actually while that's what they chose to do in canon that seems a little bit far off.
1: Yeah, I I wonder there's a big part of me that says that this book is not going to be canon. I, I think they I will I think they will distance themselves from it based on the uproar that is coming from the fan base and the people who have read it. It seems to be more divisive than The Last Jedi. Um, But
0: doesn't it doesn't it actually tie with the full script?
1: That I don't know i every other Star Wars movie novelization has always been based on the scripts in some way or another but probably I would have to say in certain cases there's definitely some artistic license taken by the author Uh, but yeah mostly they're based on the script.
0: Uh, which could be so, why we're not seeing the director's cut.
1: But yeah, but weren't we also supposed to get a um, a companion comic book or graphic novel that would have a lot of the stuff that was cut from the movie. So I I'm interested so. to see how that will line up with the with the novelization and how that will um, line up with any potential director's cut we may or may not be getting.
0: But yeah, bad reception.
1: Yeah, they're doing some really weird stuff. They're I think expanding the on the they're expanding on the dyad issue. Uh, I mean, yeah, like just all the all the hokey stuff that they never bothered to explain on film in the movies. It seems like they're trying to trying to put a bandaid on and patch up and explain in the novelization.
0: But you got to do it. You got to do it well. Um, You can't just give a fucked up half ass version of it and expect everybody to say, oh, yeah, that's OK. That's a good, well, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Fine. No. I mean, I think what what some movie studios and maybe some publishing houses or whatever you want to call it, people who are creating this stuff. What I don't think a lot of them are realizing is how sophisticated audiences are becoming. We no longer can be kind of blinded from a bad story by flashy special effects and heavy action. You can in some cases. Sure, if it's done, if the action is so over the top that you just you you don't give a fuck about the story anymore. But that's really hard to pull off. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think I think they really need to. I don't want to tell them to slow down on putting out Star Wars stuff because obviously that will affect some of the other projects that we're excited that are coming down the pipe. But, man, do they need they need some help in the editorial process. They need to get somebody who knows some something about this stuff to look at stuff before it's coming out and be like, are you serious? Because like, at some point when you're just releasing stuff that's not great, And I don't believe that everybody who was handed this book thought it was great. I just can't buy that. Just like I can't believe everybody who was shown this movie before it came out thought it was great. It seems like there might be some yes men or yes people, yes women, yes zims and zers and whatevers. There just might be some people who are like, oh yeah, whatever, that's fine, put it out. Or there's there's people who are like, it's got Star Wars on it. It'll make money. Just put it out. Why spend more time and more money when we can just put it out and make a profit, or maybe a combination of the two?
0: Right. Um, well, okay, agreed. But this this goddamn book goes on. I mean, the the re, the re, revelation. Find your words. Freaking, find your
1: words. Find sorry. Your words. <laughs> I'm, I know I'm you're so mad. pissed off I know about you're it. mad. I, I know pissed. you're mad, but find like, your words. I'm like
0: fired up about it because it just is so stupid. Okay. Okay, what are you fired up about, about, about? What are you fired the, up about? Palpatine's son.
1: Palpatine's son. His nameless son. Yes. Ray's daddy. Yeah. Yeah. If you um, don't know what we're talking about... um,
0: <sighs> What the fuck did they do?
1: Well, so... Apparently Ray's dad in Rise of Skywalker is a failed clone of Palpatine. So yeah. Which okay. is yeah, like in the in the movie, the homeboy that they have don't even look nothing like Ian McDermott, which I think I've said before. Mm-hmm. And second they of did. all and second of all Like he seemed, what do they consider a failed clone? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, he was a walking, talking, living, breathing entity, a person. So, what was a failure about him, and why are they, why did they look
0: like Palpatine and he wasn't able to use the force? That, that was his failure. Now, why would somebody who doesn't really care about, I mean, A whole lot of stuff. Why would Palpatine keep this guy, this failed clone alive?
1: Who kept him alive? Yeah, how was he kept alive? Why wasn't it just flushed?
0: Right? It's like, who, or or, so has he been on the run? But if he hasn't been on the run his entire life, then and being hunted by Palpatine, then at that point in time, why would Palpatine accept him as his son when he's such a failure? I just, it doesn't make sense to me. In that, and we talked about we talked about it. We even talked about it, the potential of this guy being um, a force baby that that the Palpatine kind of tried to do the same thing that he did with Anakin, and this guy came came about. Um, we've talked about a whole of it, and the fact that they settled on a failed clone. Just. Hurts my head. They had so many fucking options that that is what they picked.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I mean, isn't it, wouldn't it be more interesting if, if this bad emperor Palpatine Sith Lord guy actually had like a wife, like, wouldn't that be a much more interesting character or if a concubine like, yeah. like Leah or even, like, yeah, like, or even just a like, concubine or yeah, even like Leah was
0: to Jabba, whatever.
1: And somehow he managed to father a child with her, you know, like, there's a lot more interesting ways to go, but I mean the, uh, yeah they they picked the most confusing one obviously because so riddle me this, if raise the child of a failed clone of Palpatine, doesn't that make Palpatine her father, not her in a grandfather,
0: way. right? Thank you. Me too. Um that's where I'm at with that whole thing. There's so many of those that it just really like it leaves me hitting my head literally on the table. It's like I I have the bruise because I I was I couldn't believe that was where they would go. So when they say these writers really love Star Wars, I I don't know what Star Wars these writers love because it's not even ones I've seen in the films. And that's what – you were talking about that moviegoers are more sophisticated now. I I don't fully believe that. I think Star Wars – Fans, I think the entire universe, the saga, all those things, regardless of how involved you are in it, as far as whether you're just a movie goer or you're you're deeper involved and you like the comics and the novels and you go that way, and the the movies are more for frosting and um, flavor and flair. That's fine too. But at the end of the day, they can follow the story from. A nine-year gap. I mean, look at how well they were able to follow all the different components of the Marvel movies. Even if they didn't see, maybe they didn't like Captain America, but they liked, you know, Ant Man and all those other. They were able to go and skip parts of it and still re- maintain the whole of the story, and grasp everything that went on. It-, it wasn't one of those things that they had a hard time understanding, but to not. Look at them and say these people are going to be able to understand that we really fucked with the story is it's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense that they don't think their audiences, even if it's they're just talking about nine year olds, are that sophisticated. My kids can follow a goddamn three seasons of programming of their favorite television show, remember where it started, and even be able to pick out which one of their episodes is the favorite in the middle of all, you know, randomly in which season it is. It's not that people can't follow a story, it's they don't have a story to follow. And when they do, they throw out these shit storylines that don't really line up to. I I feel like give the the audience any respect about what level they're coming at uh, at coming the at these stories. Um, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Am I just rambling?
1: Yeah. Well, you did just mad? ramble, but you did just ramble. You were mad, but you were making sense. So here's here's my couple uh, here's my couple of two bits on that. First of all, who doesn't like the Captain America movies? Fight me. Those are the best movies of all of them. <laughs> They're the best movies of all of them. The Winter Soldier is the best movie out of all the Marvel movies they've made so far. As much as I love Iron Man 1 and Thor Ragnarok.
0: Cash him outside, guys. Black... Cash him outside. Yeah.
1: Cash me outside, hose. I'll fight you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as much as I can watch the scene in Endgame where everybody comes back to stand behind. Oh, that's right. Guess who? The Mjolnir wielding cap. Um, yeah, fight me if you don't like that. You'll lose. Promise you. Anyways, um, yeah, no, I just I going back to what I was saying, which kind of lines up with you. How did nobody in the editorial process of any of this anywhere ask any of the questions that you just brought up? It to me it just seems staggering and stunning that nobody Nobody pushed back on any of these ideas, or if they did get pushed back, were they just told to sit down and shut up?
0: Right? I like, I, I, can't don't know. I, just, it. I don't understand. I don't.
1: In fact, I don't even want to talk about it because it's making me so mad. I'm almost going stupid.
0: That's where I'm at. So, without further ado, and but without... that also
1: doesn't take much because I'm not the smartest of, of people.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're smarter than I am. <laughs> so. But when, well, So we're going to leave news at, there at the hope that they're able to clean up this whole Palpatine mess and debacle and it's crap that the novelization's pulled and hopefully they just uncanonize it. Yeah, That's um, the
1: only way they're going to clean it up is to uncanonize it and pretend it never existed and then use the graphic novel comic book as long as it's done better as their, their canonization graphic no- of the novelization like that's. Otherwise, yeah, just throw it out. Because as we've seen, they've thrown out most of the other novelizations uh, as canon for the movies. So, I mean, screw it. Why not this one? I
0: hope they do. Um, Hope they do. Because it would save them a lot
1: of trouble. Um, Well, it would certainly probably patch things up with some of the fans. Definitely not all of them. But some of the fans would certainly be salved by such an action.
0: I agree. Agreed. So, but moving on away from that, a little bit of calming, a little bit of zen, put on some Enya. Um, oh, that's awful. I can't even believe those words came out my mouth. So, anyhow. I was, uh, I was
1: just going to ignore it and just let it pass and hope you did the same thing. But uh, now Wars. I can't. Now I can't. Star it's Wars. In my brain.
0: It's burned. Ah! Star Wars The Clone Wars Season se- 7, Episode 3, on the wings of... Is it Ked- Kedrax? Kedrax?
1: Kiradax? Kiradax?
0: Keradax? They say it in the show, but I mean... I don't remember. Yeah, for, really... for
1: obvious legal reasons, we can't play anything from the show during this podcast. I mean, it, possibly we could sample it, but... I don't want to risk any any of the ire of Lucasfilms, although it would be awesome to have a framed cease and desist letter from from Lucasfilms or Disney or Marvel or all of the above. I'd frame that. I would totally frame it. But anyway, so, yeah, we're just going to say Wings of Karadax.
0: And, oh, guys, and, and in regards to that, the other is definitely, if you're interested to know why you should be following our show, uh, everything that we've that, that we're bringing up in news lately is something we've gone over we, something we've talked about and re- we've discussed so you know if you want to be he- ahead of the curve you're in the right place so back to the episode um, we, we see what we pick up with them right back at where we left off with uh, Rex and uh, Tech are in with Echo and you get everybody else is outside fighting off the those new droids um and what they ultimately have to fall back into the the oh whatever it is
1: yeah they fall back into the control room and you know anakin is kind of prodding tech to, to hurry up and get echo free and
0: he, he asks uh, the other guys tells, to buy him time. Yeah,
1: he tells Hunter. He says, "Hunter, how much time can you give me?" And he goes, "How much time do you need?" And he starts welding the door shut. And they're they're continuing to work on getting Echo completely unhooked from the uh, the from machine. whatever apparatus he's hooked up to.
0: Yeah, and that's when they bring the 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 main tech guys or whatever. Who are they? The
1: I don't remember what they call them, but they the come techno, up the Techno Union. So the like Wat, wat yeah. Tambor and his homies, they come up to the
0: door, and that's when they start asking to get through, and that's when they bring that interesting little orb droid in, and it's the Decimator, I believe, right? Yeah, the Decimator, and it's cool because <laughs> it has that it does that circular uh, weld that or laser that just kind of like. on both sides it was like i liked it it was cool um they're really at the techno union here right now i feel like they're introducing a whole lot of new droid models it's really showing you kind of an idea of how advanced these guys are if you hadn't already gotten the clue from say had they had echo hooked up to a freaking machine um i don't know it's i i thought that was an interesting part of the whole thing
1: yeah, but, yeah. I mean, they're sending the decimator in, and the decimator is just rapidly cutting through the doors that Hunter is frantically trying to weld. As fast um, as they weld them, it's cut. Well, faster, faster. Yeah. yeah, faster, faster. It's just plus. It's I mean, it's literally just cutting a hole big enough for it to to go through. Um, yeah, so they get Echo unhooked and you know they start trying to figure out how to escape but because echo was hooked into the system he has it was it turns out as we were talking about last week i think it is a two way connection so he was able to learn a bunch about the the techno union and the and maybe the separatists in general um and as we can see echo he's back mentally he knows he knows everybody like he's there. He's solidly there mentally. He's not like he was kind of out of it still last week. Um, but he's got, uh, what would you call that? Like a droid interface for a hand and a, and a robotic leg now? Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: they definitely have done some serious modifications to him, um, whether it was from damage. Why they would put those specifically on him, I'm... I don't understand completely, um, but there is some questions that arise because if they were just using him for his brain, he wouldn't need to have his arm repaired with that. He um, wouldn't need to have his leg repaired um, with something that was working. they just basically have to stop the bleeding and keep the body alive, uh, the brain alive. So why did they install those? Um But, and that gets us more into something we'll talk about later in the show. But from there, he's able to interface uh, with the computers and he opens up because they're looking for a way out. Uh, He offers the fact that he knows a whole lot or, well, or I don't know. That's not the point that he offers that he, he, it was a two way because he offers that up in the cooling system. And that was a cool scene because you see him open it up and it's like, how are we going to get up there? It's all the way on the ceiling and that's when wrecker starts tossing people Ah, uh, one of yeah, the best
1: poss- possibly my favorite thing about the episode is how uh wrecker kept throwing people around all uh all of uh, maybe what was going on with Gimli in the lord of the rings movie uh just tossing folks left and right it was it was fun i i liked that a lot it was kind of funny
0: and then to see Anakin just jump up and then use the Force to pick Wrecker up. Interesting enough, though, as the Decimator got in, it lit up with the lightning or the electricity. Um, I, it's I, I don't. My guess is people are going to wonder if it was some kind of Force lightning or special lightning. Um,
1: I think I'm, just tasers or some sort of stun. Feel,
0: the only, you know. the only curious question that i had is it was definitely kind of attracting wrecker because you saw anakin have to struggle and against it um to lift him and fight the 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 pull. so i i don't know what was pulling exactly wrecker but it definitely seemed like something was
1: some sort of tractor beam or magnetic field emp field maybe who knows it doesn't right if they if they didn't, it's space magic. It's you know, it's whatever you want to call it. Star Wars, motherfucker. You know they can do whatevs.
0: Like like do whatevs. In, in fact, they get out. Uh, they go through the AC, and this is kind of where they have a moment to discuss. And it and that's when Echo lets everybody, it lets Anakin know. Well, it was a two way street. They might have gotten my plans, but I also got all of theirs. Um, And I know this facility inside and out. Um, There's a pad ahead. And he leads them out onto this huge pipe. Trying to get across. And as they get lined up. Droids come from each side. Um, And. (sighs) We will. Again we'll get into that. Um, But Tex says. Tex Tech saves everybody. Wow, that was too hard to get out. Um, <laughs> tech saves everybody. You you were trying
1: to hard to say techs. I know you were.
0: I, I want techs, Max. Um, tech saves everybody and by calling the... Uh,
1: Karadex.
0: Caradex, uh, Which is, um, obviously,
1: this is where the episode title comes from. They fly to safety on the back of the Karadex. So, on the wings of Karadex, they were saved.
0: And... So, yep. So he calls them. They're circling around below and that's when everybody jumps on um, and they fly back. The interesting part, droids
1: spread their wings and fly, Um. which I think accounts for the unusual design that they have, even though they sound like typical battle droids that we're familiar with. They definitely have some some more advanced abilities, but I think that's. Clearly, they Which were is, designed to fly, like, and you can see that's why they were built differently. And I think that's kind of a cool little touch.
0: Well, between the decimator and these droids, you definitely also get the idea that the Techno Union is saving the best for themselves. Um, their their droids are hands down better than the troopers, their the drop troopers and other things like that. So, or maybe yeah, there's anything- just a
1: whole lot of models that we're not familiar with. I don't know. Uh, no, they definitely seem to have some, some advanced capabilities in theirs, although whether or not they could stand up to, uh, to the destroyer droids of the train federation. I mean, those seem to be like, if you have those on the field, you definitely have some heavy, heavy duty stuff going down, but, but they do have some significant technological abilities.
0: Yep. Um, and so they end up, but they end up getting back and they all, they land safe. The chief is impressed that they were able to fly the uh, Karatex so well, so quickly. And that's when the droids come in blasting and he gets all pissed because they broke their promise and brought the droids back and the war there. Um, and that's when we get what Rex has a huge, this moment in the speech.
1: Yeah, little like, look what they did to my friend, sort of, sort of thing. And it was, I mean, ha- little ham-handed, little cheesy, whatever you want to call it. It was, but it it, it served its purpose. It, it got the villagers riled up to say, "Hey, this is what this is what they're doing to our people. What do you think they're going to do to you if they should mm-hmm. ever decide to?" So whether you like it or not, you're in this war. So you have to pick a side. You got to pick a side. Right. And that's, yeah,
0: that's kind of the whole, they prepare for the attack and the assault, get everybody uh, pumped up. And I think the interesting thing about the battle more than that's the second time when Rex gets tossed Um, (laughs) under uh,
1: protest.
0: Right. Uh, The interesting thing to me is, and have you I don't know if you've saw it on earlier episodes but you see the dead aliens. I mean they they don't hold they don't show you blood, guts, gore and everything, but you definitely see them dead on the ground, blasted, getting thrown through the air. I mean, they don't hold back in that regard.
1: Yeah, no, this show is never held back on showing death. Um while it tends to not be gruesome or over the top, this show has I mean, you see clones die by the hundreds, um, all the time. You know, anytime you see one of the one of the ships blow up, it's full of living, breathing beings. Yeah, this show does not hide or conceal or even try to death. No. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's definitely not a complete kid show. That's for sure. Absolutely,
0: um, and that's kind of also the, another cool part is you definitely see the vibros the vibra blade vibro knife uh of hunter going on um he had two of them he was yeah. dual wielding
1: and yeah slicing and dicing
0: Wrecker tossed him his and yeah he was just going crazy um so that was kind of you know, cool to see
1: and again they take out they have the giant spider walkers and you know Rex and the bad batch team up against one and Anakin single-handedly takes down another one and there's kind of a you know they're like jedi you know like you right know, that sort of comment thrown out um but, but a cool but... fight scene a cool battle very well animated very well drawn colorful and exi- i mean and very busy very kinetic it was it was it was well done i i was very appreciative of it
0: you definitely see a different, a lot of different styles of everybody's choice of weapon and, and uh, um, their skills sets. Um, I, I yeah, it was a really cool action scene, um, which they ended up winning, and uh, Echo was saved, and the uh, the techno union was fought mm-hmm. off. And as they're boarding the ship, you get the first glimpse that Echo. Might not be good. I mean...
1: Or or might not. Yeah, I don't know. They definitely were implying something. Um, But you also saw the... uh, You saw a little scene with the Techno Union where, you know, Watt Tambor is like, we can't let the Separatists know that we lost our... Experiment. experiment We need to find some way to recoup on our investment and blah, blah, blah. So um, that... So with that said,
0: I, I have a theory if, if you want to hear it.
1: Yeah, yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm down with theories. I literally finished watching the episode right before we started recording because I was out of town with my family this weekend. I hope uh, that was up fun. In, it was. We went to Erie, Pennsylvania, um, which is about four hours north of where we live currently. Um, it's, of course, right on Lake Erie. Uh, we Young Indiana to- Jones. Sorry. Wait, what about Young Indiana Jones?
0: <laughs> I think it was in Erie, uh, Pennsylvania, is where the show was supposed to take place. Was it really? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, sorry. If, if it did, Childhood. it has
1: no reference. Um, the only <laughs> thing I knew of for sure that took place in Erie, Pennsylvania, was uh, you remember that Tom Hanks movie, that thing you do from back in like the late nineties? Yeah, yeah. That took. They they were from Erie in that movie. Oh, okay. Very yeah. Cool. So, so we went to, uh, we went to this indoor water park called splash lagoon. We took our little boy who loves swimming more than he loves pretty much anything else on this planet. So, um, yeah, we got a hotel. There have multiple hotels attached to the water park. Um, so yeah, we just took him up to get in a, get a day in of swimming and sliding and splishing and splashing and, you know, just a nice little getaway. Uh, so Yay. yeah, so yeah, so it was great. So yeah, shout out Whoa. to Splash Lagoon and the hotels there, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. Sweet.
0: So all right, so here's here's my theory about Echo. It's not that I think Echo's good or bad right now. I just don't think Echo knows what Echo is um, because Echo's not Echo anymore. Echo's something a conglomeration else. Conglomeration of Echo and the algorithm the computer, the programming. He's, he's grown beyond echo echo died, but echoes memories, echoes, everything still exists, but it's in this new, it it's, do you know, do you get what I mean? It's not echo anymore.
1: It's like not totally, it's not totally echo anymore. Cause clearly yeah. it, part of him is echo. He knows he, the general, he knows the general, he knows Anakin, he knows Rex. I don't think he knows the bad batch probably cause he never met them, but yeah, he's definitely he's Echo, but he's more than Echo. He's not just Echo. I think is how I would put it.
0: And so when they say experiment and when they're saying these things, they're they're referring to him not as Echo or even uh, just another like the algorithm. They're, they, he's he really is in, uh, uh, an entity, um, and. They kept him sedated in a way that obviously I don't think he was aware that it was anything more than a program. And then when it when he was released, that was when it woke up. It became like a sentient. Um, you think like, so maybe now, they
1: were maybe they were keeping him sedated. In order to suppress his ability to maybe, okay, we're giving him these capabilities, but if we don't suppress the part that can control them, he might fight back. Maybe that's what they were doing. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so now that's a woke, but it's like a kid. It's like, or, or, uh, what, uh, Robin Williams coming alive and Bicentennial Man for the first time, waking, turning on and being like taking everything in. And it's this fresh new, brand new he's part of everything he's already experienced but that's only a part of what he is now it's not everything he is now because now he's everything that has happened since that's in his memory banks and that's in i mean all the algorithms and all the computing the plans everything the information that he had access to he's a combination of all of those things not just Echo. In fact, if you look at the the amount of information and data that could potentially be stored in his, uh, in his brain now, it goes beyond just uh, Echo becomes such a small portion of it. His personality, all those things, yeah, but he's also so much more. So I think that's kind of what we're seeing. Now, it could be that you find out he isn't a good guy and they let him out onto the whole... Uh, that whole crossway area to hopefully get them killed um, and the whole thing the whole time was uh, trying to get them killed but at that point in time why didn't he just turn on them when they're when, when things were down or take off in the middle of a battle or any number of things?
1: Well, and then, but why is, if, if, if he's clearly, or if he's actually under the control of the Techno Union or the Separatists or whatever, then why are, why is, why is the Techno Union so upset that he's, he's left? They could be like, oh, we've, we just literally got an agent into the, into the clone army, you know, like this is, this is awesome. They seem genuinely distraught that Echo has been freed.
0: Agreed. And I think that's because what he has now is free choice. He has everything and it's, it's now he also has everything you know, he had knowledge before, but now he has the ability to use it as he sees
1: fit. Right. So now we have this potential wild card of echo out on the field and who knows what he's going to do, but obviously, so now we've got three episodes dedicated to this storyline. Um, this is obviously going to play a role throughout the entire season. Whatever whatever this was setting up, it's obviously going to be for something. I think we have to agree on that at this point. I cannot Absolutely. even begin to speculate what that could be. although I well, will say my strongest theory, I have one' theory that mm-hmm. I think is is probable and then the rest of like every like it's it's the only thing I could think of. And that is, I'm wondering if the two-way connection is used by the Separatists to gain access to Coruscant for the invasion to capture Palpatine. Ooh.
0: They, it, we, we may see that. That's a good, that's a good question.
1: I mean, Um, in the books, it was Dooku gave them access to secret Jedi navigational routes that let them jump into Coruscant undetected. And that's how they pulled it off. But I'm wondering if they if they'll uh, switch the flip and give Echo that uh, honor or duty or whatever.
0: As the informant that gives uh, or It might even
1: be possibly unintentional. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, okay, Yeah. Um. Absolutely. So definitely it seems that they're going with this whole free will versus programming. I mean, because we're going to see either the lead up to Order 66 or, I mean, right before we're going to see the lead up to every just before Revenge of the Sith, if not kind of like crosswalks into secondary portions of the story. I mean, because we talked about that already, that they may cover what we didn't see in the movie that was going on. Um, At the same time,
1: I've been seeing implications that we will actually see Order 66 in the show, despite how I have been saying I don't think we will. I've been seeing, you know, little snippets of articles and discussion reviews and whatnot from various sources like comicbook.com or whatever, um, who may may know some stuff that we don't. It seems like there's a decent chance we will see Order 66 carried out on the Clone Wars and that apparently if we do it's going to be even more heart-wrenching than it was in the movie.
0: Saw that. Yeah, that because yeah. you're
1: developing
0: you're developing feelings for all these characters that are it's like Commander Cody. When we first saw the movie, he was just a clone, never saw his face, never saw anything. He just turned on uh uh Yoda, right? Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. He turned on Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. But like, okay, it's, so
1: over the course of the Clone Wars cartoon, we've spent time with Ki-Adi Mundi and Plu Koon and Aayla Sekur and all sorts of other Jedi that we saw gunned down in. Like, we literally saw all of those Jedi get killed by clones. Um, that you some of in them you grew to know. Yeah, in Revenge of the Sith, but in the Clone Wars cartoon, we literally got to know them. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what they're referencing. I don't know. Yeah, you
0: get to know the characters better. I'm sure. I mean, but it makes so much sense. You you, you get invested in them. You understand their personalities and their stories, and you pick a favorite. Maybe Obi Wan is just isn't just the only Jedi to be the favorite anymore. You might, because of the show, you have all of a sudden all these other people that you're invested in, and then you have both sides that you're invested in, and then you watch some of these these group that you're invested in kill the people that you're also invested in and it's like it's it will be interesting to see how that plays out that's for sure um here's one f- question for you speculating on this and we'll see how this goes through the season the bad batch do you think we're going to see them survive um the finale of the clone wars
1: uh yes yes i think there's potential to see the bad batch live and then possibly beyond maybe even show up in one way or another, either in another cartoon or potentially maybe possibly live action. I mean, well, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't know, but I, I, I think this is like, we've discussed on previous episodes, the whole thing with the bad batch might be like, let's just put them out there and let's see how they're received. And then if they're, if they're received well, Let's do something with them. You know, if we're going to make toys, let's not break them. Let's, let's let the toys stay intact and, and be around. Because I, don't, I, I do not think that they're going to be affected by Order 66. They're too independent. Uh, well, and I was thinking the same thing at
0: first. But as I got to thinking about it, they follow orders really well. Every one of them. There's never a question when they're when they're ordered to do something they do it like immediately. The doors, how long do you need? Uh, you know, a way out. Boom, there we go. How do we get out? Boom, there you. They follow orders. You guys take that one, even if they think it's foolish, they follow.
1: Yeah, but okay, I don't so, think that the they're. I with- don't
0: think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna actually flip, because no. now you have this squad. Think about it. Super strength, incredibly smart. Marksman accuracy and then Hunter with his ability with the vibro knife and blade. You have a Jedi hunting team. Uh, and all of a sudden, you have a team after the conclusion of uh, Revenge of the Sith geared to go out and hunt down Jedi
1: successfully. Because they're. I mean, potentially successfully. Potentially successfully. But I mean. They, I mean, we we've seen the Inquisitors playing this role o- already, um, and I'm not sure if those. But the Inquisitors had force powers,
0: and eventually, if they grew strong enough, they had to be killed. These guys are completely just uh, troopers that follow orders that are super powered, quote unquote. Yeah, I mean... but I'm
1: not. I'm not sure if you would actually. I'd do if, it. If you would actually say that what they, their actions are orders. Um, you know, when Anakin says, Hunter, can you buy me some time? That's a question. That's not an order. That's not saying Hunter, you know, an order would be Hunter, go out there with your guns and hold them off until you die. That's an order. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not sure because they're they're supremely independent, like they're independent to the point that they don't really have somebody that they report into. It almost seems like they're a little mercenary group within the clone army. That like agreed, and none of them are officers. Hunter's a sergeant, right? That's if mm-hmm. that's the rank I hear tossed around for him. So none of them are officers. So it's like they're like to me they're like the A team, you know? Like if if you need them. And, and if you can find them, maybe you can call the bad batch. Like that's what the kids that's, I mean, that's what they seem like to me is like the A team. I agree. Uh, you know? So I, I think they're, I think they're way too independent. And obviously there's been mutation, there's been mutations, So I don't know if you want to mistake discipline for programming. It's hard to say. It's going to be interesting. They can definitely do a lot with these guys I don't know that they'll go the heel turn route because, I mean, r- look at what they did with Rex. There's already plenty of clones that are turning their back and murking Jedi left and right. So do we really need four more that we're, we're starting to become attached to? I mean, yes, the emotional weight of a group of clones that we actually like turning on, on our heroes would definitely be a little punch in the gut. But, I mean, does it need to happen?
0: I would say the only reason I feel it would be a need to happen is I, I'm, I'm really open to either way. Because the truth is, it's like you said, they could go A-team with them. they But at the same time, they could go Suicide Squad. They could go a whole lot of different directions, I mean, with this group. It's really going to be up to whichever whim and author and writer gets a hold of them. Um, and that what they decide uh, with wild hairs because that seems to be how they decide to do these things um but they have the potential for a whole lot of great story whether it's ask the villain or ask the good guys. Um, and I just am saying their ability specifically if they were didn't have all these like special characteristics that fits so well into a combination to take down jedi i wouldn't i wouldn't even question it i would look at it and say no these guys are going to be you know find a way to beat their programming or whatever it is that's making the clone all the clones turn or switch these guys are going to beat it um if it weren't for those specific set of abilities that give them that chance to really all in a lot of situations the majority of them come out ahead on the upper hand of the jedi they go up against and not only that they're hunters they're they're tracker i mean they especially hunter specifically he's attuned to hunting the force they they allude to that um so i just get I, with those things, I'm I'm left to question and and wonder what their ultimate goal with the group is. I don't know that they know, but I am like, oh, they know. I, I mean, wonder the if the season gonna see.
1: the season's already done. They know what the fate of the bad batch is. So, in a live action,
0: though, how about this? How about this? We've done this once before because we asked this about who we would cast for. Uh, what was it?
1: For Mara, for Mara J.
0: For Mara. So why don't we do that? Who how about who would we cast for the Bad Batch? Who
1: who would we cast as Wrecker, Tech, Crosshairs, and Hunter in a live action mm-hmm. Bad Batch adaptation?
0: Yep, I'm uh, taking this here.
1: Oh, <sighs> okay. So, hmm, I'm gonna. Do you, do you have ideas? Because I'm gonna need a second to to think. Let's do this one at a time. Let's do this one at a time. If all right, got, let's start with Wrecker. One, with Wrecker, okay.
0: Wrecker. I went with Bautista.
1: With Dave Bautista, Drax Dave the Batista. Destroyer himself, huh?
0: Yeah, there's uh, just something about his face that is just. I mean, I thought about a couple of them, but. He just really fits me as an overgrown Rex.
1: Or as an undergrown Rex, maybe. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, oh, God. Hmm. Now can Hmm. you see anybody else in that role? (laughs) I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Um, because Batista is good. Uh, Batista is really, really, really good. Um... What about what about Dolph Lundgren?
0: What Ooh. about Dolph Lundgren? You know, I could see Dolph. I could see Dolph, definitely. He has he's got that really sharp face. And that's the thing that I'm I when I was thinking about these things and another reason why I picked uh Batista is is they have these these sharp almost pointed features uh from the nose chin those kind of things really strong jaw um so yeah no i could see Dolph, especially bald Dolph. yeah 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 with, with, with the with the white eye
1: longer yeah, yeah 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 you know and he's oh yeah because kind of, you know wrecker doesn't exactly have like a normal speaking voice and Dolph's accent could play into that
0: i could see it
1: i could definitely yeah.
0: see it that's a good choice i'm still gonna stick with my my, with my dave though
1: well, I mean, I, 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 I dug out Dolph Lundgren for the sake of digging out an alternative choice, but I agree with Batista. I mean, another obvious choice would be The Rock. You know, you get Dwayne Johnson to play that role. He would, he, he would be. Uh, he he would doesn't be... look as
0: harsh though. As harsh though, it's like You're that right. was kind of one of the things that I really he. One of the reasons I picked actually Dave Batista over The Rock was because. He has more of a, a grizzled kind of veteran look to him, uh rather than really the clean stuff and the movie the movie perfection of
1: the rock. Ooh. Yeah, no, I mean I think it's a great choice. Um so how about crosshairs? Or crosshair, excuse me. Crosshair, the sniper. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, physically he seems to be about average. Uh I mean you but you still need somebody with physicality, someone able to pull that off. Um intense in the look.
0: I mean, just has to be crazy like
1: crazy focused, crazy kind of dialed yeah. in. Um mm-hmm. hmm. I don't know, maybe a Tom Hardy. Ooh. Maybe I hadn't Tom considered Hardy that. For, I could see him. that. I could see that, definitely. Or Gerard Butler, maybe? A Gerard Butler kind of, you know, intensity with uh, you know, he played Leonidas. He's been in a lot of action movies. He can be he's got eyes. Like he's got really kind of cool a cool color eye color. I think he could uh I think he could do it too. Ooh, I like that. Those are good ones. I like those you, ones. Who do you got? I can' I, I went with uh
0: Jason Statham. Statham. J- Statham. What, Statham. Jason
1: Statham, Statham. excuse me. Jason Statham. Well, I mean, yeah, he's uh yeah, he's a pretty intense guy. Yeah. Um
0: I I don't know, but it's like I at the same time I like your I mean, both of your both of the ones you came. Those with you, you get that white hair, even what, I, I guess uh if you look at what how Brolin did uh uh I don't why not God, who was he in uh X Men? Uh cable oh, it, oh you mean in Deadpool. In Deadpool Yeah, too. in Deadpool yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cable. Uh with the white hair, I could even see Brolin doing it. I mean, it's just that it's that intense kind of almost dialed in just heavy. But yeah. Um, I went with Statham, uh, but I like your picks too, dude. Those are good ones.
1: Yeah, no, but it's hard to argue against Statham. It, it really is. He's, uh, yeah, he's great. He's awesome. Word. Uh, how about Tech? Tech. Uh, kind of did. Uh, he seems to be the physically the smallest, the physically the least impressive of the uh, of the group. Um. Hmm. Tech. Uh, do you picture a nerdy looking guy, or do you picture like uh, tech? It's really hard because
0: I kind of picture because when I see him on the screen, right, he's got he's almost gingery, right? But I I kind of skipped the gingery hair color. I just went with more the with the hairstyle. Um, the glasses were key to me though, because they they kind of bring that little bit of more uh, almost nerdy kind of sophistication, but he's not nerdy in a way that he's you, you wanna count him out in a fight ever. He's nerdy in a way that he's really quick to figure out how you're gonna die or how he's gonna overcome you. Um so with that, you still he still needs this almost hawkish look in my mind, right? Hawkish no.
1: look, like yeah, uh, right,
0: yeah, like I'm like almost like a bird of prey, like he's looking down and he's weighing that perfect time to strike. An owl, an eagle, a hawk. This kind of like it's it's almost like as uh, the sniper, but it's not. You know, it's. It's like this it's like crosshair with nerd value rather than um, intimidation value
1: Sure sure yeah no um hmm so
0: do you need some time to because I, I I picked a couple for this you
1: picked one. okay well let's hear let's hear yours. and yeah I'm trying to think I'm 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 rolling possibilities around in my head. But yeah, my who first do, who one you go
0: with my first one is a the choice is a little bit odd because it's not. I don't think it's the first one. A lot of people would pick, but
1: Neil Patrick Harris, um, uh, Neil and Mr. Doogie NPH Barney, 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 Barney on mm-hmm. uh, how I met your mother. And of course, yes. Doogie Howser, MD from back when we were youngins, uh, Have you seen him in a series of Unfortunate Events? No. Or whatever it's called? Lemony Snicket Series of Unfortunate Events? Yeah. I know of the movies, obviously, but it's not in my wheelhouse and not something I would spend any time watching or go out of my way to see. He plays Count... I don't know. He plays the bad guy. And
0: it's that role. It's... He he has... It's... You re... his range, he has a great range, um, and I feel that combined with a really kind of almost soldiery ask look, and y- you would have a very very convincing tac. Um, okay. He's because it, it's he. You see him in the dirty. You see him in this kind of this shrewd kind of calculating. But he's an idiot in that movie. Um, so it would be a different kind of role, but he has the 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 capacity to play an intellectual. Um, so that isn't a far stretch. And he has this ability to play this kind of deceitful kind of conniving kind of. And I don't mean tech is that, but tech is quick he's he's thoughtful. So you add intelligence to the the mix of that character. And you get this very calculating, very, I think, very believable believable tech character. And physically, he matches the role, too.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not seeing it as well as yours. But this, I mean, obviously, there's nothing formal about this. This is just a fun list. So. Right. But you said he was your first choice. Now, who is your number two?
0: Well, and okay, my number two is actually the first one I'd go with. Um, Harris is just kind of like another one. that It's the first one that I kind of thought of that, eh, yeah, I could actually see in the role, but not the first guy i go with. The first guy I'd go with would be uh, Stanley
1: Tucci. Okay, sold. Boom. There you go. There's your guy right there. All I need is his name. All I need is Stanley Tucci's name because I am a huge, huge Stanley Tucci fan. Uh, that guy, I think is one of the most, actually, I don't even know if he's underrated, maybe underappreciated might be the better word, but I think he is one of the greatest actors of the last couple of decades. Um, he's a, you can see how
0: all they look alike too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's a chameleon. Like he, so like he played the doctor that came up with the super soldier serum in captain America in the first Avenger. He was that doctor. Uh, he was in Transformers. He was in Lucky Number Eleven. He was in uh, The Devil Wears Prada. I mean, he's he can play anything, mm. anything you put in front of him, he plays and he plays wonderfully. I'd um, love to see him as Tech. Yeah, that's, no, I could that's go with choice. It. I could go number with one. Okay, so but you had two choices, so I'm gonna go ahead and give two choices of my own. Uh, All right. My first choice, since I can't pick Stanley Tucci, since you did it, I'm going to say Paul <laughs> Bettany. Ooh, Paul Bettany, who played Vision, and you know was Michael in Legion, and has been in a number of projects, was voiced Jarvis forever before we ever saw him as uh, as the Vision. Uh, Will be in the Scarlet Witch TV show on Disney Plus. Um, he's another wonderful actor with a great range. Who's not necessarily a physical specimen, um, but definitely has like the the nerdy gravitas. He could pull off that role. Uh, he could pull it off very easily. And we've With already seen doubt, it. Yeah. we've already seen him as a white-haired albino in uh, the Da Vinci Code. He was the uh, the 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 monk assassin running around trying to kill off the uh, the Priory of Scion or whoever they were, whatever it was called. It's been a while since I've watched that movie. Um, okay, so Paul Bettany and then hmm, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Ooh, ooh. Oh,
0: that's a good one. I could also see him as
1: Crosshair. Yeah, yeah, he could be Crosshair too. Although, is he even still alive? I haven't seen Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a long time. Is he okay? Oh,
0: yeah, he's alive. I, I, he's... Uh, i i want to say he was doing some philanthropy stuff i'm not sure but wait he was yeah. no he
1: was trying to get sandman made into a thing for a long time yeah uh, and i think and sandman was picked up by netflix but i don't know if he's attached to it or not
0: right i have no clue but yeah he's he's still live kicking and i don't know if he's got anything coming out here currently uh soon um but, yeah, 2016 looks like his last really big something. I'm not going to say career-wise last
1: uh, role, but... Oh, no, he'll be back. He's he's probably Daniel day lewis in it, doing something. Oh, no, something.
0: He, he was in... You see him. He was actually in 2018. He was in Endgame as a, as a security guard.
1: <laughs> he was in Avengers Endgame as a security yeah. guard?
0: Last Jedi as uh, slow
1: and low. As slow and low? Slow and low. <laughs> okay, well, good for, good for JG. I mean, obviously the <coughs> guy, he don't need to work. He's got plenty. Slow of and low. Okay. Slow and low. This is the tempo.
0: <laughs> okay. Last Jedi as slow and low voice. He was the voice only okay. as a um, cameo.
1: All right. Well, let's you, let's, wow. let's not Knife, go down. Knives let's Out. Not, let's not go. Wait, what? Knives Out? He was in Knives Out? As Detective Hard Rock. The voice of Detective, detective Hard Rock. It's just Who, a cameo. Who's Detective Hard Rock in Knives Out? Uh, that's a great question. I was was it a know, detective but... they talked to on the phone or something? Yeah. They only have a voice? Yes. Okay. Well I guess him and Ryan Johnson must be buddies then. Oh, that's right, because of Looper. Because of Looper. Oh. Joseph Gordon Levitt was in Looper directed by Ryan Johnson. So there and you I go. Liked there's I like that movie. That movie's fantastic. I
0: really that was a great movie. Um, anyway, so yeah, there's there you go. Levitt. <laughs> I didn't realize he had so many cameos. Slow and low is my favorite. Slow and low, this is the tempo.
1: Okay, don't go down the slow and low rabbit hole too much, man.
0: Sorry. Okay. Because so guess back.
1: What? Cause once we're done with this, I have a surprise. I have a breaking oh. bit of news that I'm going to be springing on the audience. As soon Ooh, as we are done playing okay. this little game of ours, it'll be the nice way to wrap up. The episode is my present to you guys. Ooh.
0: Well then Hunter, let's see Hunter
1: Hunter. Do you so ha- grizzled choice, a grizzled veterany yes. leader type guy. Um, Oh shit. Um, grizzledy veteran leader type guy. Um, you know, I mean, I know he's been brought up already, but Statham would be a good choice for that role. Um, I feel like
0: it has to be a guy with a good mullet. A guy
1: (sighs) with a good, so like Billy Ray Cyrus? Uh,
0: Flat top and mullet. I mean, you could go with Billy Ray, I suppose, you know?
1: Um, so, okay, so... I mean, a mullet, we don't need to pick a real person that has a real <laughs> mullet to do this because, I mean, there are things called wigs, and, I mean, even CGI can be done with hairs. So. Um, so even though these clones were probably birthed at the same time, you know, just due to their mutations, they appear different age-wise. So somebody who's a little bit more of a grizzled-looking older... Um, Oh, I guess we have to stick with, we have to, we can't, we can't race bend them. We can't race bend them. they We can't turn them black because we have to stick with the, uh, the clone, their clones. Yeah. So I was going to say like Idris Elba would be cool, but, Ooh, um, yeah. but yeah, we can't, uh, since we can't, we can't twist and bend, um,
0: That's the hardest part. It's because the clone part, it just gives you this kind of this structure that you have to work with. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That definitely limits you. That definitely limits you. Um, You know, I mean, there's a part of me that's like young Harrison Ford, but I mean, I would, I would cast young Harrison Ford to, to like, if they remade jaws, he would play the shark. So um, (laughs) he'd do awesome. He would do awesome. Uh, so, okay. So let's, if we're going to assume that Hunter is going to be the, the lead actor in this movie, right? Hunter will be mm-hmm. the, the head honcho. So we need to have, maybe let's pick somebody with some, I'll pick somebody with some star power. Um, okay. let's go with a, let's go with a Matt Damon to play Hunter.
0: Ooh, Ooh
1: that's a good one. I like that choice. You know, phys- he's, he's obviously, he's got the physicality. Uh, To pull it off, uh, he's obviously got the acting chops. Uh, You know, I mean, he's Jason Bourne. We've seen him in action shit before where he's just fucked shit up left and right. Uh, You know, I mean, they can make him look as old as they need him to uh, if they want to go with a more grizzled look. Uh, You know, we could also go with we could go with a Christian Bale. Ooh, I thought about him. Yeah, he would be a he would be a good one. We're getting a lot of Brits. We're not really we're not really getting a whole lot of Americans. Um, they, know, have even, the, they have They have those
0: really angular faces. I'm... Yeah, but
1: even like Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt would would do Ooh. great in that role too. And he has ha- We've seen him with a mullet in the nineties. Yeah. He yes, yes, we have but I mean we've also <laughs> we've also seen him in any number of different roles and I mean he is one of the better actors of the last of our generations for sure um true we've seen him play in military roles before we've seen him pull off all sorts of stuff so I mean got any one of those guys uh right yeah I've... any any one of those guys I mean of course you know if you're doing a heavy leaning person, you know, I mean, Brad Pitt is obviously somebody that's going to rise to the to the top when you're looking at that sort of a thing. Um, and they're all have that similar again, that that face, that style. Yeah. But, Pitt,
0: Damon. Um, I. Oh, okay, I yeah, actually would years, go Two years. I, I you're going to I feel like you're going to love this. Um, is, it, is it Mark Wahlberg?
1: Ooh, that would be a lot a lot of fun but no sean bean (laughs) sean fucking bean yeah (sighs) i do love that because i think i'm probably the biggest sean bean fan on the planet i really really think that my my like of sean bean goes back to i think before he ever appeared (sighs) i want to say his first big role exposing him audiences in America was what in GoldenEye probably right I think that's um, where I, America I think so. probably 006, first learned. 006 right? 006 yeah well so I know him from before that and I'm sure the series of, of shows that I watched uh, probably aired on the BBC but they were brought to America via Masterpiece Theater on PBS where he played a fictional character uh, from a series of books by an author named Bernard Cornwell. The character's name was Richard Sharp, and he was yes, uh, he was a rifleman in the 95th Rifle Regiment during the Napoleonic Wars, and he saved uh, Sir Arthur Wellesley, who later became the Duke of Wellington. He saved his life. And so Wellington or Wellesley promotes him, gives him a field promotion to an officer. So he's literally he's the bastard born son of a prostitute and in the military back then you had to be a gentleman. You had to literally pay money to the government in order to become an officer. And so he was never, he was, wasn't accepted by anybody as a Lieutenant, uh, starting off. But so these, these books and then the show that it became follows his, his course and his rise through the ranks and his triumphs and tragedies, um, but that was my exposure to him. That's where I first learned him, learned about him. And then, of course, he was in Goldeneye. And then he appeared in the Lord of the Rings movies as Boromir. Actually,
0: you know where I first? And, I mean, my first experience with him.
1: What's your first well,
0: experience? Patriot
1: Games. Oh, yes. He was in Patriot Games, too. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Patriot I, Games. I had forgotten that was about my Patriot first. Games. No, I guess that might have been my first, too. I can't. I mean, it's hard for me to piece in exactly when all this stuff happened. But Patriot Games was what? Early 90s? Okay. So it actually would have been roughly around the same time. It would have been roughly the same time period.
0: Yeah. The first film he was in was, I guess, Winter Flight back in
1: 1984 oh yeah he's been an actor for a long time
0: and uh 84 was when he started started acting his first roles and then he also some show called the bill (laughs) whatever the fuck that is
1: yeah no i don't know but i'm i'm a huge sean bean fan i'm it, it would be cool if he would uh i don't know if he ever does convention or the convention circuit but it would be cool if he would uh It'd be cool to to be be able to to see him, to to meet him at a convention, yeah. (laughs) I wonder if I would blow his mind as, you know, a 40-year-old American guy being like, dude, I loved you as Richard Sharp. I thought that was the best stuff. I I absolutely dug it. It was great. I wonder if that would blow his mind or not.
0: You know, it'd be interesting to find out. We're going to have to find. We will find out and, in fact, do a show on it at some point in time, guys, if you guys stick around long enough. And join our other podcast that's coming up soon. We're going to be diving deep into actors, as you know. So, um, but actors, now we're back actors, to Star Wars.
1: movies, and Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll and be all, a lot of fun, yeah. And all of this, all of this came from a text conversation that that guy and I had one evening about Gene Hackman. Where and it was random too because it happened just happened to be on Gene Hackman's 90th birthday. Was it 90th or 92? I want to say it was his well, 90th, but it was his birthday this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I was like, How is he 90? There's no way he's 90. How is he 90? And apparently he's fucking 90. Um, but yeah, so this idea came from us having that text conversation where we just kind of dove into talking about Gene Hackman, uh, um, and then. Well, we had that, and that
0: was the first time. The second time, then we had a huge, long discussion about. Uh, um, I I can't. I, I keep wanting to say Stanley, but I'm Stallone <laughs> versus Schwarzenegger. Stallone versus Schwarzenegger, and yes, and that that conversation cemented the idea that, yeah, we need to we need to talk about this stuff because there's a whole lot of information and a whole lot of cool stuff out there about it.
1: Well, and I mean, and not only that, but there's a whole lot of movies, TV shows and actors that, you know, they they might not be center stage spotlight. Maybe even I hate to say the words relevant anymore, and some of them aren't even alive anymore. But there's a lot of wonderful films and performances and films by actors and actresses that maybe some of the younger generation just doesn't know about. And so part of it is to maybe expose people to some of that part of it's to discuss the things that in movies and actors that we love and have enjoyed over our lives and just to have a good time.
0: Well, and also, I mean, I feel there nowadays you have a whole lot. It's, we even discussed it earlier in the show. You have a whole lot of CGI and story we're audiences are not unsophisticated. So yeah, we've been fed a whole lot of CGI and graphics and all these amazing visuals for a lot of years, but stories tell a story. <laughs> I mean, dialogue. Um, You have people like Gene Hackman that have these scenes that are pinnacles of acting where you've, forget that this this actor is an actor you you buy them in the role so willingly and it's so convincing that they sell this
1: entire scene all on dialogue no fancy yeah yeah like gene hackman like so I mean, not to turn this podcast into that movie podcast and then not to take away topics of discussion from from that podcast. But just real quick, briefly, before we wrap this up with my surprise news. So I love Westerns. I grew up out West. I grew up in a cattle raising family. So I grew up watching John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, all the old Westerns, all the old Western actors. I grew up watching all of that. So one of my favorite movies is not an old Western. I mean, it's an older-ish movie now at this point, but it came out in the 90s, is Unforgiven, a masterpiece movie by Clint Eastwood, starring Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, and Gene Hackman, amongst many, 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 many others. Gene Hackman has a scene. So I wanted my wife to watch this movie because she had never watched it. So Gene Hackman has a scene where he's talking to... I think his name is Mr. Beauchamp, but he's an author. And he's an author who was tailing another tailing a gunslinger named English Bob, who was basically telling bullshit stories about his adventures in the Old West, and Beauchamp was writing them down to make a make a book called The Duke of Death. So the Duke of Death comes into the town that Gene Hackman is the sheriff of, and he gets arrested. And thrown in jail. And so we get multiple scenes of Gene Hackman interacting with English Bob in the jail. But then the like the pinnacle scene of that is he starts talking to Beauchamp about how it really happened. And it's basically him telling a story. He's telling a fake story in a movie about fake events that was based on a book. (laughs) But my wife at the end of that scene turns to me and says, I wish this whole movie was Gene Hackman telling those stories. Now you know yeah. you've just watched a scene because of a – my wife, who honestly probably couldn't care less about Westerns, was so entranced by the scene and so entranced by how Gene Hackman was telling these stories, she wanted that movie to become that. um, Or maybe a sequel or a spinoff or whatever.
0: Right. <laughs> but, yeah. That, that's the amazing thing that they were all – that actors used to be able to do. You – could look beyond and you, they'd come out on stage in these hokey costumes that you know are not historically accurate or relevant however the dialogue was so convincing and the way that they 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 acted it was so uh convincing that it it sold the scene in ways that made it more relevant than a whole lot of the CGI that we see nowadays. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So look, look forward to that. We, yeah, look forward to that podcast sometime in the near future. We need to hammer out a few details, including what to name it. Um, So if you have name ideas or name suggestions, once again, we are on Twitter at, buddy underscore guy at buddy underscore guy on Twitter. So follow us. If you have a name suggestion for that podcast, give us a shout. Anyway, Sean Bean. I love it. No, Sean Bean for everything. Just don't kill him. Seriously. For once. Well, twice, because I guess he lived through the Martian. Right. But I mean, well, yeah, he don't... lives
0: in uh, national treasure.
1: Yes, he does live in national treasure. Of but course. he gets he, arrested. He gets arrested. <laughs> Uh, he lived through the Sharp series, but you know, yeah, Sean Sean Bean is (laughs) became famous for dying in movies even though Boromir. (laughs) Yeah, well Boromir and Goldeneye. There's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. There is a reason why I mean, yeah, it seemed like they killed him in every role he was in, even though that's not even remotely true, but it became it became a thing um
0: it's close enough to true that you know it's relevant anyway so what's your surprise
1: news my surprise news is that as of uh, i guess it's about an hour and a half ago it was announced that the mandalorian season two has officially completed filming so they are done making season two of our favorite star wars tv show so it won't be long now. I mean, we know we have that October release date, but maybe if they're busting out the production, maybe it comes a little sooner. That wouldn't be a bad thing. And all this all this speculation and wonder that we have, maybe questions will be answered, new questions will be brought up. Anyway, oh yeah, the drops. The drops are
0: going to happen. You know those leaks are going to come, and this is this is when they're come, when it when it this they get done filming they're going to go to the edit editing process and they're going to cut the, uh, cut everything together.
1: Yeah. And, well, in post, I mean, obviously they have probably a lot of special effects to add. Um,
0: right. Um, and as yeah. it's going through those processes, that's when we're going to start hearing those leaks. Cause that's when they're going to start confirming, uh, they're going to start nailing down the story parts and the, the scenes and the, the cuts that they're going to use. Um, and for, for post-production. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So this is we're now into the fun part where we're going to hopefully hear a little bit more than the I mean, we've already heard fun stuff about it,
1: though. Yeah, but I think we'll start hearing con- confirmed concrete fun stuff as opposed to like a ah- Ahsoka. There. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's we'll just we'll have to see what the coming weeks. Uh, Do you think unfold. she dies? I don't know, because, you know, you heard her voice in Rise of Skywalker, but then Dave Filoni has said that, you know, don't don't take hearing her voice to mean that she's dead. So I don't know. We have no canical death for her. So for now, it's probably we can probably roll with that uh I'm going to say, yeah, she's alive. She's not dead because she's too popular. I think they'll find a way to keep her around. The only
0: reason I ask is because I keep reading these stories about how this her altercation at the at the conclusion or by the time we get the conclusion of season seven, she's going to have had her final altercation with Maul. And everybody's like, we know how that turns out. Uh, and I'm like, how does it turn out?
1: Well, because she went on later to fight Vader. So, yeah, she's had a confrontation with Vader in the future. Um, okay. And Rex saved her. The last confirmed thing we had of her is her and one of the other characters of Rebels in Rebels went off somewhere.
0: Okay. so So we know that she lives past season seven
1: yes if unless of course they do something to make rebels not canon which i don't see them doing that i'm not sure i see them doing that but with the mall show coming and with with mall meeting his fate in rebels it's hard to say what they may or may not do um
0: everything i hear about the mall show puts it at uh post uh or i want to say pre actually um Oh, uh, a new hope. Well, it uh, better be
1: a pre pre a new hope because I mean, Obi-Wan in rebels kills him long before a new hope comes. Right. So.
0: Well, okay. No, i uh, it happens. We're going to see, I think his takeover of the Mandalorians specifically. That's, that's what I've kind of, what I've read in the different, all the different news articles that I've seen are positing at that. There is one that kinda of thought and was saying that there's potential they may dive into uh Maul's story before he falls. Um
1: yeah, but but don't I feel need like to see the that. story content about yeah. that.
0: I feel everybody wants to see the story content of him as the leader of the Mandalorians.
1: Well, and then he or at also least becomes, taking it over. He also becomes the leader of the um, the Death Watch or whatever it is. No, no, no the the or, criminal the criminal syndicate. Cause oh see, yeah, yeah, yeah. We see him in in Solo as the leader of well, the Black Sun. Maybe is that what they were called in Solo? I can't remember.
0: I don't remember, but um, that's right. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, so I'm sure we'll see. I'm sure we'll see stuff and things of that. Do you nature. think they're going to
0: use Ray Fine? I don't was, know. Or I don't know not why.
1: I am th- I don't know why they would use Ray Fine. I mean, he's a wonderful actor. Not Ray actor. Fine. I mean, I know not who Ray, you mean. Fine. You mean, Ray Park? You mean Ray
0: Park. Ray Park, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we had our Harry Potter discussion earlier, so... Um, But no, do you think they're going to use Ray Park? I mean, why wouldn't they, right?
1: Or Uh, do you think he's just... He still has it. He's still very capable of pulling that stuff off. So, Um, I, I wouldn't see... I
0: can't see why they wouldn't, but they... Why would they fucking make Ray's dad a failed clone of a goddamn Palpatine?
1: I mean, I don't know. But by the way, there is no Ray Fine. There's a Ralph Fines.
0: Ralph Fine, sorry, who is Ralph maybe Fiennes. who you
1: were actually thinking of? Um,
0: yeah, don't. I don't know. I I'm just talking out my ass sometimes. But no, I sorry. Combined do, two
1: as we do, as we do, Um But no, Ray Park. Yeah, I I, I remembered the first name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't see why not.
0: Um. I hope they do. The makeup would make it so that it's not hard to hide um, whoever is behind the paint, but I hope it's him. All
1: right, I don't know. We'll find out. I mean, it, it, it would be wonderful for him, obviously, if he was, because um, he hasn't really done a whole lot. I'm sure he still does stuntman work, but he's a pretty big staple on the con circuit. So uh, it, would be, it would be good for him to re- be able to return to the role for sure
0: time wise i mean it'd be an
1: older mall we would see anyway uh only slightly though depending on where they put it does did he age really poorly i mean it doesn't seem like it i mean but i mean our he looks in solo even though you only see him as a hologram and it's only for you know 20 seconds or whatever he looks uh-huh. exactly the same
0: the same, right? I can he doesn't look different in my mind. I mean a little older, yeah, but makeup is going to freaking cover
1: that. Anyway. Uh, hold on. Well, let, let me pull up an image real quick. Darth Maul solo images. I mean, okay. So it's fuzzy because of a hologram. Um, or it's fuzzy because it's a hologram. But no, he doesn't look any different than the Phantom Menace. See, I'm I'm all for using the same guy. Anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean, use Ray Park. I mean, if you want. If you want. I mean, if they don't, they're going to have to find somebody who's capable of, you know, of, of good martial arts and, you know, and that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, why not? Why not? But then it'll be interesting. I'm more curious to see if they'll use the same voice actor or if they'll maybe pull the one from the Clone Wars to do his voice because, yeah, they didn't have Ray Park do that voice. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, but I'm not even surprised because in my mind, they're still doing stuff to uh, cut costs when it, you don't have to see them on screen. You find somebody that sounds close enough like the original actor and save a dime. Um, yeah, But here's to hoping that they actually go the extra mile and give us a little bit of. Service. I mean, that's like, I. those are the fan service things that they could do to be really successful rather than the crap they've been trying to pull. I mean, this is, I, and this is me, me who was actually excited about the fact that Disney bought Star Wars. When this whole thing happened, we talked about it like years ago and you were, oh shit. Disney bought it, and I thought, you know, give them a chance. They generally keep things intact. They, I mean, they ha- don't have a huge history of doing a whole lot to the story, they just have a history of adding themselves to it. And I'm sitting now on the side of saying, Holy fuck, what the hell are they doing? This is not the model that Walt chose. This is obviously corporate Disney and where it's gone from there. And it's they need to get themselves back under control and look at the fundamentals of where they came from. They completely erased the canon from the last 30 years. They need to recognize what they did. And if they don't want to use it because they want to keep the movies going and tell those tell those new stories, do it. But it's I thought that they would at least respect where it had been, and I don't see any respect. I see a whole lot of new writers that have only seen um, not even the first two trilogies, but the third trilogy. And they call themselves Star Wars fans. Um, And Disney calls them premium Star Wars writers. Marvel calls them Star Wars writers. And they don't actually have any true idea of where this entire universe has been for the extent of its life. And now they're in control of making these decisions that they shouldn't be. Because they haven't done their goddamn fucking research.
1: Well, it, my, might, my it, rage. Might, it might be worth noting that Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, resigned several weeks ago. And that we will have a new CEO. Now, he wasn't forced to resign. He wasn't pushed out or anything like that. He basically felt like with the successful launch of Disney+, Plus, um, there was no better place for him to step away. Uh, apparently the chairman of, of or the head of parks, I, Bob Chappick is now CEO. So who knows what that will do creatively, what kind of a, a of a different direction and push we may see projects take.
0: Igar's done it. Ultimately, I feel like he's done a great job. I don't feel like he's to blame for star Wars. I mean, probably um, not. At Marvel. Except,
1: I mean, well, but here's the thing. Marvel Pixar? no one no one is pointing yeah but nobody's pointing fingers for blame for Marvel or Pixar because everything they do is gold even the bad Marvel movies which i mean you know like people say Iron Man 2 Iron Man 3 Thor the Dark World even those movies are still fairly well liked and received, you know, they might not be in the nineties on the tomato meter, but they're in the seventies, you know, for yeah, Okay. Maybe not. Maybe I don't know what the tomato meters are off the top of my head, but you know, people like things about those movies. Uh, I thought Thor: the dark world while the story was maybe a little off. I thought it was pretty funny. It was easy. It's an easy movie to sit down and watch. I'm not unhappy watching that movie. Um, Agreed. I am completely agreed. I am when I watch Iron Man two, I am. uh, I feel like Iron Man two was too long and like they tried to do too much. Um,
0: I feel like it should be on USA.
1: Yeah, or something. Yeah, Iron Man two. I'd have it on USA
0: to just play it while I'm making like breakfast or lunch or you know doing background noise, background noise, background noise.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: And. But yeah, no. Star Wars definitely doesn't have the the kick that the other properties do. And I, when that, with that said, since it's there with the others, I can't fault Iger for that. I have to fault the head of Lucas Studios, which is Kathy Kennedy. And that brings me back to saying, you know, obviously what I've said the whole time. But with the idea that India Indie Five is coming out. And where she really started with uh, uh, the Lost Ark. And that's... I mean, Indiana Jones has been really a whole lot of her focus, I feel like, in her entire career. Star Wars wasn't. Um, So I do feel like she... we, We may end up seeing... We'll see how true it is. I keep hearing gossip and rumors about once that concludes we may see her step down since her contract's up. Um, it would be fitting for how the – I mean, that would be more of a fitting arc for her than, say, Star Wars um, and let somebody come in and salvage what's happened. Um, hopefully we see a really awesome indie movie then at that point in time. That well, we,
1: concludes- n- we need to see an awesome indie movie because Kingdom <laughs> of the Crystal Skull – was a bona fide disaster that was Uh, like
0: a freaking sequel movie that was number four I mean Last Crusade even freaking Temple of Doom Last
1: Crusade is perfection it is an absolute perfect movie and yeah they need to salvage Indy's legacy in fact I would say that Indy's legacy is in far more need of salvation than Star Wars is um agreed because i think it is probably very fair to say that this is the last crack at indiana jones that harrison ford will get now i'm not saying they're going to reboot it i'm just saying he's not going to make another one he's getting too old at this
0: point in time if you don't have harrison ford you have to reboot the entire goddamn thing. Well, that's and the thing, that's though. And that's only if think, you want to chance that because how do you how do you reboot things like uh, Lost Ark or even Temple of Doom? How do you reboot The Last Crusade? Well, you I don't. Mean, you don't. Here's, what you,
1: here's what you do with indie. Here's how you handle indie. And this is something I actually said in a Facebook discussion with somebody or something on something a long time ago. When Harrison Ford passes away, or say when he retires and steps away, let's just let's not let's not have it hinged on him dying, let's have it hinged on him completely retiring from movies and completely stepping away from acting, and then possibly maybe even giving him his giving the studio his blessing. You make Indiana Jones the American James Bond to where you get an actor. To do three or four or five movies, however many they feel like doing, and then you replace them, and then you just keep going. It's worked and for they James. Keep going
0: after an artifact, right?
1: Or they keep doing whatever, as long as you're telling. Of course, there's been crappy James Bond movies, but that formula has worked for James Bond movies for how many years now? Fifty.
0: If anybody's interested, keep listening to us and keep in touch because we may be actually doing exactly that. That's all I'll say for that right now. It is a project we are working on. Buddy and guy are working on that.
1: Yes. We're working on a project, but that's how you do Indiana Jones. You don't reboot it, you know, per se. I mean, you, you restart it, but say you cast, Oh, what the hell? Chris Pratt to be the new Indiana Jones and you let Chris Pratt play as Indiana Jones for 10 or 15 or 20 years. And then when Chris is tired of doing that, then you grab whatever up and coming young action, charismatic, handsome action star to pick up the mantle. And you just keep my hat to that. And you just keep it going. There's been how many James Bonds since Sean Connery, I mean and we're looking at Daniel Craig's final sh- James Bond movie is coming out here in the next couple of months. They pushed it back due to the coronavirus outbreak. Um, it was coming out in April and now I think it might be May or even June now before that movie hits the theaters, but you know, Now Daniel- didn't they
0: already cast a new James Bond no. even after him?
1: No, they do not cast new James Bonds until the until the new project like this Includes. current movie has to be has to be out of the theater before they'll cast the new one because they don't want any. Attention then who's taken that away lady movie? Okay. No, no, no. Okay. The lady is the new 007 because James retired.
0: Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. That was yes. my bad. My bad.
1: Which I, I think that maybe we'll see that lady get killed and James will be 007 again. But, um, yeah, I think it's just a story, a story thing. It doesn't matter. But anyway, that's how you do Indiana Jones is you, you James bond it. And you make Indiana Jones the American James Bond uh, and you keep it going forever that way. Right. Because because nobody bitches when the new Indiana Jones is cast. Everybody says everybody's waiting within or I'm sorry, when the new James Bond is cast, everybody's waiting with anticipation to see who the next James Bond is going to be.
0: It's true. And the new series of movies, how they're going to handle it, the new villains. Nobody's ever sad about the new villains because that's the other thing about James Bond is you can always count on James Bond to wrap up the villain like in in a movie. Even if you have a movie that carries over, oh, you found out there was a villain above the villain that we killed last time. I mean they get to that whole wrap up and everything and the good guy always wins James Bond always comes through in the end it's a formula that that the that has always worked and yeah I I would like to see it for Indy I mean the character itself has been is is an icon and Harrison Ford is the icon that developed and created and started that and You know, what a tribute to the role if they were to able to continue it in that fashion. I I think it's the
1: only way to do it. So, but, you know, we'll see what the future holds for that and all of our favorite franchises. Uh, But for now, for tonight, I have been Buddy. And I'm Guy. And we have spoken.